0: And welcome back to Bloody Good Horror. My name is Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing Alex Garland's Men, which is a movie? Question mark We're gonna do that in a little bit here, but first up, joining me from apparently blazing hot Oakland, California, please welcome Matilda back to the show. Hello. Next up from Manhattan, New York City. Please welcome John Schnarch to the show. Hi, Eric. And last up tonight from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Hello. You still in Noblesville, Casey?
1: Yes, I am. All
0: right, I always want to say that. I'm like, I know you, but you haven't really moved that much, right?
1: Oh, no, I've been here for quite a while now. Okay,
0: gotcha. I always feel like I forgot to move in there somewhere.
1: Actually, I've been here as long as uh, BGH has been going.
0: That (laughs) That blows my mind.
2: Eric's like eight houses later. Uh,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I might be eight houses, actually.
0: I may have moved ten times since we started the show. I'm not joking. I mean, I mean, maybe, you yeah, know, same place, once or twice in there. But tis the life of a nomad. Anyway, we're here tonight to review Men. Um, I just finished it. I'm a little... I, I don't, I'm a little reeling, <laughs> John. <laughs>
2: you, when, when you said you were going to be watching right before the movie or the show, I was just like, well, this is going to get
0: interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're going to integrate this
3: in real time.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do it. Let's take a quick break and review Alex Garland's Men. This is it, gentlemen. Your big break in TV. <laughs> of the front time. John, you' seen any good uh, birthing scenes lately? <laughs> like, I think I saw six of them, <laughs> like perhaps a man coming out of a man coming out of a man coming out of a man. And maybe they're all the same man, but slightly different. I'm just spitballing here. Might be a cool scene. We should workshop that. Hey, John, please bring us the word of the day. Eric, today's word
2: is chancel you guys ever heard of a chancel you know what a chancel is it's a new one for me It's the this is the part of a church near the altar reserved for the clergy and choir and typically separated from the nave by steps or a screen
1: can you nave
2: can you say nave, I, <laughs> nave. Uh, I always called this the front of the church um but it has a name um <laughs> Comes to us from the, the Latin, cancelli, which means crossbars.
0: And what does that have to do? What Tell me about men and what that has to do with it,
2: <sighs> What doesn't it have to do? Uh, men, as you mentioned, comes to us from Alex Garland of uh, Ex Machina. And um, Annihilation. Annihilation. Yeah. Um, this is. This is an interesting one. So it stars uh, Jesse Buckley. She plays Harper. Um, It's like hard to describe or hard to say like what exactly. Basically, the setting of the film is that Harper has just had a traumatic breakup with her husband. Traumatic in that it resulted in his death. There is some ambiguity around whether or not he has committed suicide or sort of like died by accident that's like somewhat revealed throughout the movie, but it's, you know, it's, it's certainly it's, it's um, put forth that there are ambiguous circumstances like pretty early on. Um, And so the film basically intercuts her taking this trip to uh, Katzen, which is sort of like a little town where she's going to sort of convalesce emotionally. In, in a country home. This is, by the way, aspirational country house situation going on right here. Um, but so she's, she is in this country house. She has, um, you know, rented it for herself just to be there for a week by herself. And so we see scenes of her sort of, you know, getting to know the neighborhood intercut with her sort of reliving, re-experiencing, remembering the trauma of this breakup and this this fight that preceded the breakup. Um uh, the the sort of like notable part of this movie is that all of the male characters that live in the town of Cotson are played by the same actor, Rory Kinnear. Um it's very strange. Uh it, I would say strange and wonderful, um, because he I don't know, he's like sort of the perfect like generic. British White man British he's like
0: he's like if you turned the British meter up like two more notches you have Austin Powers that's who this guy is yeah. basically <laughs>
3: yeah
2: yeah he's have you guys seen the show uh our flag means death he, Not he yet. just it's really good he and he he doesn't have like a huge part but he put he's in it um in a couple of pretty notable scenes um he's been I mean he's sort of a character actor at least on by American standards I'm sure in the UK he's done like lots of big notable roles um but yeah I mean so basically Harper uh begins to experience she has an experience with this this guy who's sort of a oh, they had a really good name for him I'm gonna forget but he's he's like a, a homeless gentleman sleeping in the woods but naked um and so she has this sort of strange encounter with him um that then tees up her interacting with some of these other men who are about town and and you know all culminating in in a sort of a again a fair a, a sort of different type of traumatic experience that she has at the hands of all of these different Rory Kinnears. Sure. Did you get that much out of it, Eric? Or was that
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, I did I, I did. Yeah. Um, Matilda, tell me what you thought of this movie.
3: Uh, I was very excited to see this. I finished this today like you. Um, And I want movies to be like genuinely weird and upsetting. And Mm -hmm. so this was definitely genuinely weird and upsetting. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I feel a lot of different ways about what I saw and I'm still trying to like work through them all. So I'm excited to talk about it. Um, That was a lot, but like unambiguously the cinematography and the use of sound in this movie is so beautiful and interesting um the use of sound is maybe one of my favorite parts of this um and as the name implies this is a strong point of view about men and i feel like alex garland did any of you watch devs that show that he did that was on?
2: No, I, I no. it's sort of been on my list, but not like high on my list. So.
3: Yeah, so, it came out in March of 2020, so it was underseen probably for that reason.
0: Other stuff happened. Um, People were busy. <laughs> yeah, it was filmed at my busy, alma mater,
3: Santa Cruz. So. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I feel like Alex Garland is both very slow and methodical about symbolic ametry and then alternately hits you in the face with it sometimes literally in this movie um and it's very on the nose and that can leave me kind of feeling like i'm not sure the tone is very even mm. with him sometimes and so i get taken out kind of deciding whether i like what's going on or not um and this, I have to say, feels like the most emotionally warm and engaging thing i would seen him make. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
3: Like, I felt like Ex Machina was very beautiful and very cold, as was Dev's.
0: Well, um, Ex Machina and Annihilation, and obviously some of that Annihilation is from the source material, because it's, it's a movie about people slowly losing their humanity to this, like, yeah. a- alien force. So you have that aspect. And then, right, Ex Machina is about this, like, uh, you know... Um, terrifying tech bro future, <laughs> you know, like, so yeah, that, that that's yeah. a pretty good point. Um, it's interesting.
3: Which is also not, not a movie about toxic masculinity, which right. we talk about. Right. But, yeah. um,
0: <laughs> but, but here, but, they, but you're talking here about a movie, like solely about a person kind of rooted in their grief and their experience in that grief with other people.
3: Yes. Yeah. And I feel like both Rory Kinnear and Jesse Buckley are amazing in this
0: um and we can
3: talk about the ending i look forward to talking about the ending but we'll save that
0: is alex garland Um, british yeah okay i'm pretty sure i just think you have to be british to make a movie this british (laughs) like it's so british
2: it's and it well it's very it's it has a very specific it has a setting quality it's not just
0: that it's set there it's there's a quality to it that i can't describe. i
2: said that very um yeah he was born in london okay i was, was gonna be very okay. embarrassed i was like i said that very definitively and then i was like
0: mm, maybe not <laughs> um, Casey, um you think?
1: all right so um i've been looking forward to this one for a bit there was a lot of talk about this movie and how it did at festivals and stuff early on, and it had me really intrigued. I didn't know what to expect. I think I expected something more. Uh, say, I think I was expecting something like a reverse perspective of Children of Men, maybe. You know, that there was going to be a kind mm. of a reverse, and it would be something on a bigger scale like that. And I was not expecting such what turned out to be a personal story. So going worried knowing how bad men can be in general, I was kind of worried going in, and then seeing how this translated to Harper's personal experience throughout this movie was really interesting, and I thought it was fascinating. Uh, I didn't follow this movie completely, I'll be honest. I didn't understand – the finale, 100% on what was going on. I understood chunks of what was going on, and there was realizations that came later in the movie to points that are, they were bringing out when it came to like effects and the way shots were taken in certain angles and things like that. And ultimately, this movie is really put together well, and it's what I expect from an A24 movie. It's beautiful. It's really interesting filmmaking cinematography and it's a nutty story indeed but i think there's a lot of depth there with what harper is going through and i'll be honest i didn't get that 100 for my first viewing i got that from reading some articles afterwards but it really helps bring my thoughts together and i think i really like this
0: john
2: I think I really like this movie too. Um, I was nervous. So I was super excited about the trailer because the trailer looked weird. You know, it, it, it's, it certainly set up this promise of something. Um, and I love Alex Garland. And so I was sort of in for it. Um, it, it was at that it came out at that time where we still weren't rushing back to theaters to see things even that were, you know, highly anticipated um it's uh sort of the way the way matilda described it like i think maybe i'm in the same camp of just like i like challenging movies right first and foremost i mean that's probably not a surprise for anyone who's listening to this show but um i also i guess one of the things that made me nervous but then in retrospect i probably should have realized was a, a you know probably spoke well the movie was how divided people seem to be like I had kind of stayed away from a lot of reviews, but just the chatter I picked up was like very divisive, right? There was definitely people on both sides for this movie. Um, and, and like in the extremes, um, I definitely wouldn't say I'm like in the extreme love camp. I think it's, it's like a flawed film in a lot of ways. And I think Matilda, some of the things you said about Alex Garland, like in some ways you get the worst of some of what he's doing. I mean, the symbolism, It's the movie's dense. Casey was like getting, like not getting her. I mean, I didn't get everything for sure. And there's like some parts that, like when I was Casey sent around the article and I like kind of read through it, it's like no one's getting that stuff. Like the 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 um (laughs) the passages that the vicar is quoting, the the um the poems. Yeah, that
1: stuff was
2: (laughs) and and sort of like the second order of like the symbolism from the uh the poems you're supposed to like interpret that into the movie i mean it's all great to like get that after the fact but like you're not getting that in real time you know the, the way that the movie is set up i think is is straightforward enough to the point of being on the nose i mean it's almost like too straightforward in some ways um but yeah i i thought i guess the thing that won me over is how fucking crazy it goes at the end I wasn't sure where it was going <sighs> to go. I was almost, as we were watching, our hours, I was like, is this yeah. just going to be like a her being tormented thing and then having to like overcome her grief? So yeah, it sort of is, but it does some like really wacky <laughs> shit in that last act that kind of won me over. More. So. Yeah, exactly. So,
0: yeah. Um, You guys all sound very thoughtful and smart. Uh, talking about this movie, um, I think I may be playing <laughs> the, me be playing the role of the um, movie simpleton tonight. It's not that I didn't understand it, like I, to your point, John. So I'm gonna. I do have some nice things to say. To your point, I think it does actually wear at least the broad strokes of the messaging pretty clearly on its sleeve. Where like you have this woman who is in this like very clearly abusive, manipulative relationship, and who is then going out in the woods to sort of grieve and mourn and try to heal a little bit and runs into all these men. I, I The the decision to cast the one dude in all of these male roles is obviously like really on the nose. It's, there's something that kind of reminded me of um, that aspect of it reminded me of um, Oh God, I'm brain farting on it right now. Bo Burnham. What the hell was that movie he was in? Inside, yeah. no, not inside. Um. Oh my God, it was like the biggest Promising movie. Young w- yes, thank you. Jesus Christ,
2: <laughs> I had it in my two seconds. That back. had like many different male actors. No, playing
0: but <laughs> no, no, no. But the the thread in Promising Young Women is what that movie is doing is showing you the sort of like deep web of misogyny and how everyone is almost like reading from the same cultural script when they are invalidating her experience. And mm-hmm. I got that same feeling from this and I feel like it's ex- it's it's actually further accentuated by having it be the same person over and over just looking slightly different, finding different ways each time to either just casually brush off her experience or fully push back and be like that's not what happened. Like the pr- the priest yeah. is kind of the extreme of that. So there so I think like that That part of it, to me, is very clear. Um, Garland, in general, like, I would say, for me, if I were to, like, list my top, I think that Annihilation and Ex Machina are two of the best modern-made sci-fi movies, and, like, maybe of all time. I think they're both incredible movies. And he is really, I mean, Matilda was saying, like, he's just a very thoughtful artist, both visually and like in an audio aspect. And that stuff shines through here. There's a lot of really striking imagery in this film. I love the use of sound in particular with this in this tunnel scene, the way she's creating her own own like round with the echoes. And then they actually- Well, comes back. They bring it back later. I like so some of the iconography with like the statues. Um, but like, so like I'm down with the message. I, I understand it. As a movie, this to me skews f- way too far into the fart house for me to like fully get on board with it. <laughs> I knew like, that.
1: I knew
2: that's where you were going.
0: It is so, it's weird because for a movie where like, I, again, like I think it's pretty clear what it's about, but in the same hand, it's so fucking obtuse moment to moment with what is happening and what it's supposed to mean that, like, I kind of just claw- I checked out at some point. I was, like, mm-hmm. then we get to this birthing scene. I swear to God, I thought I was watching like a uh, current day SNL digital short. Like, I want <laughs> somebody to recut that scene with a laugh track because it's just the silliest thing I've ever seen. And like, and partially it's like, it's like a family guy joke. Like it keeps going and going. Yeah. Um, I don't mean that in a, in a good way. <laughs> so this movie just lost me at some point. I do think there's some like incredibly strong performances. This dude, obviously like the the lead actress, um, but, but this, to me, the standout is the guy because he's playing so many different oh, yeah. people. And even just there's so much happening in the first five minutes with just this Jeffrey character. Like there's just, you're so uncomfortable. He is like such a, like you just get the, you see characters in movies sometimes where you're like, Oh, this guy there, this person who made this movie knows this person in real life. And that felt like such a well sketched <laughs> character. So yeah, I think there's like all these really interesting elements to it. I just don't think it holds together as a movie. I think it's like, I think it's incredibly, pretentious and like misses the mark i also think it's okay for creators to want to make pretentious movies i just for me personally uh, i couldn't i couldn't truck with it on the on this stage on i wasn't there
2: i mean that's yeah look it's all fair i yeah it's definitely pretentious (laughs) like no one no argument um yeah i mean look my biggest question is is like and and some of this comes from I just don't know enough about Alex Garland's background and and look maybe it doesn't matter but like you mentioned, promising a woman directed by and I think written by a female yeah writer and director here Alex Garland, writer director like I don't know like is he the right person to be telling the story like that's like like is I, I mean I'll be I honest know, with you like, I, I, I don't a little bit
0: I don't like the idea of these people or, or anyone not taking a stab at a story like this. Like if there's, if there's more of these stories to be told, I'm all for it. You certainly, I think open yourself up. You have a higher bar to clear if you're not necessarily speaking from your experience, but I would hate to think that yeah. people can't take a shot at yeah. it. You know, what I mean?
2: mean, I'm not saying like, he, like it's not that he like can't make this, move. it's just, like it's, it's, it's very on the nose about, men
0: and so are some so are some of the same so are some of the same kind of so are some of the same kind of movies that are made by women i think
1: okay so this is largely influenced by some of my post movie reading but at the same time it is largely anti-men in some sense but at the same time it's not necessarily all men it's coming specifically from the stuff that harper went through so I totally like, the but whole, that's I, not easy to take in on a on a first viewing.
2: Here's the issue: the movie's called Men. It's, it's not like the pro like the just the very title sets forth that it like because you're right. Like in the narrative of the film, the, the the men that she is experiencing, I you know, it was very clear they were all sort of like archetypes that um. Had some relationship to some of what she had experienced with her husband or ex-husband. What if they called it
0: even. men? Am I right?
2: More <laughs> um,
0: Matilda. If they called it, more it more not mean. all
2: men. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Not all of us. bad uh. actually. <laughs> what, what do you think? What do you think <laughs> of this aspect of Matilda?
3: I mean, I think this movie is most successful. One of the things that I, heard post kind of like Casey, I then went on a hunt for like, what are are people saying about this movie Um, to help me get my thoughts in order? And one of the things I heard um, was an NPR reviewer saying, I kind of wish that Alex Garland would have trusted the audience a little bit more. Like for instance, Mm -hmm. this person was saying with the Mm ex-husband that you would get what was happening even without the punch. And so you it, might not need the punch, right? right. And I think this yeah. movie is most successful where it lets you kind of imagine what's happening instead of being really expository. Like I think it's most successful in those all the guys who are playing different aspects right. of problematic parts of things. Yeah. Um, I can of, see of that masculinity of men. I think it's most successful with the kid. And when the husband's oh God, kind of right. saying, "I'm just telling you this is a fact. Like this right. is what's going to happen." Yeah, that's where it's most successful is in this kind of like, enti- like entitled hostile entitlement to her love and her care.
0: Hostile entitlements are really good word. I mean, the like the ratcheting up glimpses that we see of her interactions with her husband are like just so uncomfortable yeah. to watch, and it just gets so intense. It's-
1: his initial response of "if you do this, this is what's going to happen" is a punch in itself, right? Right?
3: Yeah, it's like an emotional hostage taking, right? Like yeah, just- exactly. Totally. Yeah. yeah, it's
2: um, it's what I liked the fact. The thing is, like the way that that scene plays out with him becoming violent. What I liked is that it actually like removes some of the ambiguity for her in her experience of his death, right? Like whether or yeah. not his death was accidental because of the way he behaved, like I think she had given herself, like she had forgiven herself. So like when the vicar, I think it's the victor, the vicar is like mm-hmm. laying into her about guilt and all her like guilt. It, it feels it's like gaslight. like he's gaslighting he's her gaslighting. about guilt that she actually doesn't really have. I mean, she, there's certain she, there's like emotional damage, but Guilt didn't.
0: It didn't strike. And so, you well, like she may feel guilt, but if somebody feels guilt, the answer is not to be like, "I bet you feel guilty."
2: <laughs> sure, but I, I mean, I just think like at least so. yeah. I think she had rationalized and and not. Rationalize maybe is not the right word, but she had but, like come to terms with like the way he died sure. in a way that I think she was like, beyond, but, you know, had but forgiven I th- herself.
0: I also don't think that guilt is always a rational feeling, especially when you were in an abusive relationship being gaslit like this.
2: Well, but the, the, what the, the vicar like kind of like reignites the guilt, I guess. Is right, where I was like right, he, right, right. The, all of these guys are doing different things that we see the husband doing in like different ways. Right. Like, the teenage boy is acting like a teenage boy. And like, that's how the husband is acting. You know, like the, we, we see all, each of them do that to me. The vicar was like easily the grossest part of this. I mean, he gets like sort of the most lines yeah. too, it's to a an, certain extent. Man, it's,
0: it's so interesting because like yeah. you have this character who's trying to heal. And in some ways at every turn, she is sort of confronted with the like, potentially worse voices inside herself that she's struggling with about how this went down. But it's like, it sort of is about in some ways how those voices are not your own often. And so, right. They come from other people. And then here we are just seeing all these other people, basically just speaking them aloud for her almost um, and reinforcing it from their side.
3: Yeah. We kind of like the vicar kind of knows she's going to have that kind of like as everyone does at some point, almost a, like bargaining phase of grief. Like maybe if I hadn't done this, then this wouldn't have happened. And maybe if it hadn't been a Tuesday or they hadn't driven to the store, this wouldn't have happened, you know? And he's he's just trying to play a tune on it in this kind of like scolding yeah. gender, eh?
0: Oh, and that, the, yeah. SG, you want to talk about uncomfortable cinema. Let's talk about the hand and the leg. Okay. Oh yes, <laughs> I was like, "Ooh!" And like her, the the subtle acting in that scene is really good. Like her, yeah. she doesn't move, but you just feel her like tense up.
1: Yeah, it's brutal. I don't want to sound too like wide-eyed and butterflies and everything, but Jesse Buckley is, I think, legit haunting in this movie. Watching the course she takes this movie and her reactions, it's just. I couldn't take my eyes off of her. And just because she was pulling me in on every seat, you can't help but feel for her.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she has kind of like a realistic fight response, like yeah. verbally to people like both to her husband and, and physically and to the vicar. Yeah. And I to the just... people trying to come in.
1: Yeah, and Rory Kinnear, I mean, kudos to him, too, playing all those different characters. Although, I got to say, the young kid he played, I've been watching too much uh, of this season of What We Do in the Shadows, and it's too much uh, young Colin yes, Robertson.
3: It is a <laughs> lot of young Colin <laughs> <laughs> I kept expecting him to, like, guess what? Yeah,
1: guess what? Did you <laughs> know that what? back in 1972 that <laughs> – but, no, I. it was just a, a – a really impressive performance. And it's something like if we had like our own Oscars or something, I think it would be BGH Best Actress of 2022 category for me.
2: Well, the, the both of them, right? Like what he's asked yeah. to do in this movie. And look, his is like a little hammier totally. than, than hers totally. is. But yeah, it's really fun. I mean, the kid is... It was probably my least favorite. I mean, it also, the kid gets like the least amount to do, which it's is so, for the best because it's so the face on that body. Was so yeah, so weird. for people
0: who haven't seen it, they basically like, uh, so again, this one actor plays every male character in the movie, but it's not, they alter his appearance for each character and it in a kind of interesting way. Like it almost, it almost takes you a minute to realize that everybody is him. But the kid is like kind of a creepy old man face, like CG'd onto a kid body. Yeah. yeah. Which is real. I'll awesome.
1: be, be trying to make him look young, but I'll
2: be, uh, do honest. they though? I
0: feel like they leave him old looking intentionally to make it be creepy
1: around the eyes. They do. I think. Yeah. 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 I'll be honest though. I kudos to them. Cause I didn't catch on until there was a fantastic scene when the little naked dude stuck his hand through the uh, mail slot and she gets him with a knife and he pulls his arm out of the, uh, oh. hand slot one. Excellent effects, I loved it. Uh, two, that's when it all started to solidify in my head what was going on because they used that injury throughout the rest and as a signal, and it was kind of genius.
3: I well, could it, not, I mean,
1: because everyone,
2: everyone has that same injury. injury then
1: going forward, like
2: it becomes very obvious. In a I way, could not deal yeah. with how
0: silly the naked man looked. Like he's just like this little yellow dude with his winger <laughs> flopping around. Like it was just not scary
2: yeah i mean i don't know like i haven't seen like a lot of naked men but it was like i don't like it was <laughs> plausible that that's what like there's <laughs> i've seen a fair number of naked men to, you know i've been to like a like we've a all gym we've all been city, in a ymca
0: know, like, uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. locker room before yeah.
2: like i mean he was weird yeah no i just it's, it's silly he it just still. looks funny yeah um the hand Injury that Casey is describing. I loved it. It's a, you know, look like in, in the universe of fart smelling movies, I challenge you to find another one where the character's hand gets sawed in half. And then they, they just keep acting and like going around in the scenes when I think it's the Victor Vickers kind of there's like a attempted rape or what, you know, whatever is going on in
0: that sequence. He's got the hand she, split like around her neck.
2: Yeah. It like goes. Yeah, yeah. Using no. it to
1: like, <laughs> I don't know if yeah. that was, inti-
2: he was yeah. intentionally using it to like caress her. But that or was what,
0: real, but real weird. Yeah.
1: No, but he pandered, like Eric was saying, he pinned her to that wall in between the split in his hand. And that was freaky.
0: Did anyone else? And in- then
1: had
3: like a non-consensual poetry slam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
0: that- the, the worst kind. <laughs> Yeah. Did anyone else uh watch with subtitles on?
2: I did Dude, not. Dude,
0: two yes. words out of Jeffrey's mouth, and I was like, nope, I don't understand a fucking word this guy's saying. Sorry. <laughs> I watch most things with them anyway now because sound mixes are so awful nowadays, but yeah.
2: Yeah. It, it's Before,
3: the poor uh subtitlers really need a new word for squelching because I feel like it's <laughs> overused in the, the subtitles <laughs> of 2020. <2020's horror. laughs>
0: I also never see a movie where there is not either a typo or just a wrong word or something. And I'm like, you have one job to do, just write what they're yeah. saying. Like, how are you? I mean, I stuff?
2: assume machines are doing most of it, right? Isn't that like think probably so. where that comes from?
0: I bet machines, I guess I wouldn't be shocked to find out that the first pass is like a software program. And then, then a mm-hmm. human puts their hands on it, I would guess at some point.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Uh... I get annoyed. I do watch. Uh, there's a show on Netflix I watch with the subtitles on, and then it um, it's a British show, so I get you know, and I have the volume too low, so I miss stuff, and um, but then like they change the dialogue, like like literally, there's just like different. Things are said sometimes. Yeah, right. I'm like, what is it? it's like. like paraphrasing in sometimes. I'm like, too, like
0: I, I just struggle struggle a lot with British media, like of all ilks, like any genre. It's difficult for me to like really I don't know what it is, some kind of sensibility that just like doesn't click with me, I guess. Which yeah, is why fair. something why I was like this movie is so British, because I could feel it in my bones while I was watching it. British office. It was British. British office. One of the worst things I've ever seen in my life.
2: Oh my God. You get, you, you get right. Unbelievably out awful.
0: <laughs> I, I, K- I can't show. even tell what I'm watching. What is comedy, John? That's what I'm yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, anybody, have, um, anybody have favorite scenes, I guess at this point,
1: not necessarily a favorite scene, but I thought it was interesting the way they kept coming back to the, uh, green man imagery throughout this movie. Which was the the crazy dude with the leaves for a face on the uh, uh con the stone plinth in the church,
0: right? Yeah, I wonder. I'm sure that there's something there.
1: Yeah, if you read about this movie after you watch it, there's a, there is a lot of talk, I, and I can't think of the name right now. Do you happen to know Matilda? I don't. It was shield nagag or some yeah. It was like like a very specific mythology.
2: Again, this was one of those things where I'm like, no one watching this movie was like, oh, there it is, the old something nagag, whatever the hell. Yeah, like, I mean, but it makes sense if you sort of just assume it's meant to be some mythical whatever. You know, I the thing that I did not pick up on until Casey, you were you know, I was reading through the article you had sent, but like the male regenerative force versus like the grotesque female form that's on. This is where the word of the day came from the chancel. That's where that um, iconography was on that fountain or whatever it was. The, yeah. The basin. Um, yeah. That was, yeah, there's no way anyone who tells me they got that when they are watching this, you take a hike. No. Sitting I don't like, there, like Wikipedia open. Maybe. No. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah,
0: I think probably for me, my favorite moment is the um, the tunnel scene. It's just it's it's very tense. It also was probably the beginning of the end of me losing this movie, losing me. <laughs> like I was still in it when the tunnel scene happened. So, but yeah,
2: that's pretty early in the movie. Right? Yeah, it is.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, lost me pretty quick. <laughs>
3: Like Casey and John, I loved the mail slot hand scene. But I also loved when she's in the church screaming and the score comes up to kind of meet her screams.
0: Yes, I do know.
3: That part is great.
0: Like
1: you said uh, earlier, talking about this, Matilda, the sound work of this movie is insane. It was super impressive. That kind of goes along with the whole package that I was talking about myself. There's great work with the sound. And there's that whole scene in the tunnel that we see in the uh, trailer. And she makes up that song, which is awesome on its own, just playing with the echoes in there. And it comes back with a purpose later, which I thought was genius.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I so I like the two of like all of you, like really love Alex Garland and I sometimes struggle with him and then I think he I get the sense, and maybe this was more in Devs, because that was the last thing I saw from him. Um although was Annihilation after that? When was Annihilation? Like No, Annihilation
0: 2020? was before that. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. 2014? Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a while ago.
3: I feel like he's so technically skilled as a filmmaker that I keep watching, but there are times that I feel like he, this is gonna sound harsher than I mean it, but I feel like he likes ideas a little bit more than he likes his characters.
0: Interesting. That's
3: that's fair, I
0: think that's fair. Yeah.
3: I feel like sometimes like the interiority of the characters like loses a little
0: bit. I sort of feel that way about um, Annihilation. Especially once you've read the source material and you realize like how much is there? Yeah, it's interesting though. All right. Would you recommend men, Matilda? Yes. Casey? Absolutely. John. Yes. It's a big old no for me, folks. <laughs> <laughs> No punches pulled. All I gotta say about that. All right, let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. He
3: jumped. I was like, "It's okay, honey. You'll be alright." She just on the edge the whole time. Being able to scream in the theater—it's fun. The best scary movie since The Sixth Sense. You'll have a
1: spooky
0: good time. You're the, the scariest movie I've ever seen.
1: The Ring, rated PG-13. <laughs> Now playing.
0: I'm Ray Wise from Twin Peaks, and you are listening to Bloody Good Horror.
1: Hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash Bloody Good Horror.
0: And we're back. Um, No alterations to my top ten list this week, John. Mm-hmm. So, stand down, New York side <laughs> Stuff going on in BGH land uh, Bloodygoodwhore.com, at least as of the recording, is currently down um, We've had like all kinds of just like screwy hosting issues for years now And it's sort of gotten worse lately Anyway, Mark's on the case, he's trying to figure it out And we're getting not a lot of help from customer service over there But um, we are aware Thank you for everyone who has sent us a note and uh, we'll let you know. They call that tech debt. I think. What does that mean?
1: (laughs) Casey knows what it means. I do. Well, tell me tech debt is when you uh, buy software that you don't, End up using and it's kind of sitting there and you're paying licenses fees and doing nothing. Interesting.
2: I was gonna say it's when you don't necessarily invest in software and then you're like, yeah, we can we can figure it out in the future. We'll figure it out in the future. And then like, like something happens, like software changes, and then it's like, oh, this shit
0: doesn't work anymore. And the future comes. Yeah, yeah, I got you. You're SOL. Um, Casey. Yes, sir. It is fall, and that means football
1: it does
0: you guys you guys are having some fun over there on the slack
1: yeah right now if you're noticing uh watching the live stream i' i'm a little distracted we're currently having the bgh uh, 2022 fantasy football draft coming out of uh slack put on by our friend joe ferry that was on here uh, a while back with us here on the show uh it's a good time so uh, we have a dedicated sports channel out there in uh slack so if that's your bag it's a good excuse to uh come hang out
0: yeah, so the league is closed for this year, but um, I'm sure if it goes well, we'll do it again next year. People are interested. The way to go is to hang out on Slack, patreoncom slash horror. and um, yeah, there's that. I totally forgot about the sports channel. Haven't been doing a lot of sports chatting, but there's people on there. <laughs> we have them. We have that's the beauty of Bloody Good Horror. Channel. We have all kinds of horror fans in our community. There's the, there's the sports horrors, the Big Ten. Eric. There's the goth horrors. There's the normie horror. Like we just got all, we got all of it. It's great. Yes. We've always subscribed to the big tent theory of horror fans, which. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. uh, Matilda, what's going on over at zombie girls?
3: Let's see. We've been doing quite a lot. I mean, Rachel is just like a machine, right? She has a lot of things going. Um, So we're planning our quarterly live show for Halloween for mid-October. We're starting to talk about that. There may be a group costume. Oh, hello. Um, about something we may have mentioned tonight. Um, and if you want to check us out, you can see us uh, on all social medias at ZG podcasts or ZGpodcasts.com. And And um, I just want to mention, I am somebody who like is not always up and watching all the horror news that comes through i just rely on rachel and ariel who put up um like an every friday recommendation blurbs like just little teaser every friday so if you want like every friday you got something for the weekend so that's always good
0: love it
2: that's That's, news i could use
0: (laughs) it's true (laughs) zombie girls g r r l z you know i had an idea recently john that i um I've been listening to this podcast. I mean, I've been I've th- been kicking around ideas about of bringing the Eric show back, but I was like, what's a like really cool. sustainable way? And I thought it might be fun to just log on with no plan and just read horror news and react to it in real time. Just like pull up some horror news website and just be, like, Is
2: there that much horror news on a day to day basis, though?
0: I mean, yeah. You'd have to I mean, like I'd feel say, overwhelmed now. if I did it weekly, yeah. Okay. Said, there are sites that that's their business, John, just making up horseshit to write news news stories. To write.
2: <laughs> it's not news. It's horseshit, though. Well, yeah,
0: I'm not. I but if reacting, reacting but shit. reacting to the horseshit can be just as fun. I think is the point. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Wasn't horror, yeah. but I could have done a whole show on this. Don't worry, darling. <laughs> Mess on Twitter on Sunday. I feel like we could
2: cover that. <laughs> I feel like that that movie is yeah. Like no, I the nuts, movie and no? uh, yeah,
0: no, I I agree.
2: I don't need to get into who spit on whom oh, I or, do. or didn't.
0: I do. No,
2: I that's I'm below me. I would say
0: it's not below me. <laughs> I mean, I do
2: know what's going on just to be clear, but I, you know.
0: on one end of the scale, it's like you're, you like men, the movie. And on the other end of the scale, it's like, you're into this Twitter beef about <laughs> don't worry, darling. <laughs> I'm like over here. I'm on the yeah. side of the fence. I don't know. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Casey, what's going on, on Twitter?
1: All right. We've got, uh, a few ask BGH questions this week and, uh, we got answers first up at duck sensual. What is everyone's most prized Halloween decoration? Also you're canceled. If you haven't decorated yet, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> we got, we, I, we don't, cause we have an apartment, so we don't really do like a lot of decorating. Um, but we have uh, some Lego sets that are like the Halloween themed ones, so we we get those out and and put yes. them together, and then
0: they uh, go on the shelf. I just got um for my birthday, or maybe it wasn't my birthday. Elizabeth got me um, they're like retro style Halloween decorations, sort of like seventies style, the sort of cardboard die cut kind of thing, but they're all Halloween three themed. Which cool. are pretty sweet. Yeah. Other than that, I don't actually I've moved around so much and I haven't lived in a lot of places with like trick-or-treaters, so I don't have a ton of decorations. But I was thinking about busting out some like construction paper with the kids and making some stuff.
3: Yeah, ours don't really come down, I guess. <laughs> <but>, um, <laughs> uh, I think the prize is the you know the kind of Target front lawn ornaments that are sometimes like the little Santas or whatever. We have a little grim reaper that sits out there. Um,
0: nice,
3: my Just sweetie. Just all year a, round. Oh yeah, My sweetie's a mortician, so there's a lot of like grim reaper stuff around.
0: That, I love that. That's, that's so spooky. Awesome. <laughs> yes.
3: I know. I was probably like voted most likely to marry a mortician. It's a good...
0: <laughs> We've got a viewer on guy. us.
1: You <laughs> in high school? <laughs> I love it. We've got a pretty sweet uh, <laughs> animatronic uh, trio of witches in her cauldron stirring it up. Nice. So we're pretty proud of that one. Although I think Colleen's already got her, because uh, usually we do have big Halloween decorations for an uh, anniversary present in our house. So
0: I wouldn't call this like a good decoration, but I remember my, um, I had like a, I w- we I would have called her an aunt, but like, some kind of relative of my grandmother's. I'm not even sure how, like it, it was sketchy, but her thing were was crocheting like creepy cozies for things. Like, I don't think she thought they were creepy, but she would make, I remember there being a witch one that would like, it was crocheted, but then there also was like a plastic kind of witch that came up out of it. And I feel like it went over oh, the yeah. top of like an air freshener thing or something. Like, I don't even remember, or it might've been a, or sometimes they're box. like a
3: toilet paper cozy on the back of the
0: Back of the toilet—that's where it was. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget. It was terrifying.
3: It's from the same like genre of crafts that, like, I think those same witches and dolls go into cakes,
0: right? That get decorated
3: with a big skirt.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Eighties love that shit. Terrifying. (laughs) Casey, is that it,
1: Casey? No, I'm sorry. I got distracted by the draft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I could see you not looking at it over there. <laughs> yeah, sorry.
2: I think, he, uh, by the
0: way, I think both. It if, was my pick. Sorry. If, totally. If, fair. In case you were on the pre-show, I think both Casey and John are live drafting right now while we record. Case, yes. Case, yeah. But here, some of here. us are locked in. In case you're wondering Just, what everyone's priorities yeah. are this evening.
1: All right, next up, uh, at Miles on Film. That's my bad. I'm paying attention now. Alex Garland is a filmmaker I normally love, but men left me with mixed emotions. I'd like to know who are some directors, horror or otherwise, whose work you'll passionately defend even after you've made a few clunkers. Or after they've made a few clunkers.
0: Man...
2: I mean, at this point, I feel like Jordan Peele going to have to make like 10 yeah. clunkers in a row before I'm yeah. like, all right, he's lost it. Like, I I'm would not def- listen, in. I,
0: it might sound weird saying this, but like, I'll defend M. Night Shyamalan. Like, I, that guy's made enough- Wait, say,
2: say who? who M.
0: M. Night Shyamalan. Your, oh, your oh boy. He's made Eric. enough like classic horror films that like, and he's made a lot of garbage, like a lot of insanely bad garbage. But like, I don't, he, he's he got a good four-movie run that is pretty, I think, unequal by most people. Do you want me to name them, it's John? Okay. Do you want me to name them, John? You look <laughs> suspicious.
2: No, like, he's it's gotten better, but he did make that uh, Glass movie, which...
0: He oh boy, made... That. Listen, he made The Sixth Sense. Okay, there's one. He made yeah, yeah, Signs. Sure. Oh,
2: sorry. I thought you were talking about his recent run.
0: No, no. I think he's just saying, oh. like... A filmmaker who's made some duds, but you would still defend. Yeah. He made Six Sense. He made signs. He made um a movie that I would include in this list. Maybe not everybody, but The Village. Oh, I like the Village. He made The Visit. And Mm -hmm. he made Split. Yeah. Those are five fantastic genre movies the
2: lows are so low, so low that's what's well that's why i use him as that's why
0: i use him as an example because i think it's a testament to how high the highs are that i would still defend him
2: yeah it's fair um i mean in some ways like carpenter i feel like and like it's not controversial to like defend carpenter obviously but like he
0: came to mind too because he after in the mouth of madness just kind of fell off a cliff in some ways but like there's, the lows are really. Bad. But he, another person, has like a five or six movie unrivaled streak in the yeah. 80s to the early 90s. Yeah.
3: At this point, I feel like Brandon Cronenberg is somebody that I would. I mean, he's only made Possessor and Antiviral, but I would. You're. You would in. have to make something pretty bad. Welcome to get, not love. be dazzled. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Welcome to the Cronenberg family (laughs) uh, appreciation club that I've started. Yeah. I I mean, look, like my biggest complaint with him is like, make some more fucking movies, dude. Like, what are you doing? Because his dad cranked them out. Like, you know, it's not like he doesn't have an example of like what it looks like to crank some movies out.
1: So, I don't know. All right. Next up, we have our good friend at Whitney. Please, how do you feel about Terrifier Two and the two and hour and twenty eight minute runtime? I want more Arthur Clown, but I don't know if I want that much of it. I am
0: very excited for Terrifier Two, but that is a bold running time for what's basically a slasher movie. Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes.
0: So yeah, I'm I'm not feeling great about the runtime, but we'll see. My I'm excited. Stuck, it looks huh? like it
1: has a story this time, but I don't know if I need two and a half hours of that story.
0: Well, they
2: basically, I guess they're read—they're doing the first movie again, but then they're also going to do a story piece. Uh, I don't know. I still haven't seen the first one, which now Eric has told me I'm going to have to watch, but <laughs>
0: we'll
1: see. All right. Next Casey, up. Did you, at... did you get your
0: defense yet? Did you get your defense yet?
1: No, I have not. Okay. I got I'm good on quarterbacks though, just so good, you know. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Nice. Uh, all right. Next up our good uh, friend at Rachie Pants. Did y'all hear Harry Styles may have spit on Chris Pine? Drama! <laughs> Way in. Are you team styles or okay. pine? Here's also, what I gotta say. Where do you stand on Spitgate?
0: Here's what I have to say. Here's what I have to say. I was delighted by this drama on Sunday. It was so much fun. Florence Pugh is like a fucking boss. Like just seeing her float above all of this while it was happening was on and be so professional, but at the same time, so subtly petty was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Like just incredible. My second favorite thing about all of it is Chris Pine and his like disassociation bit like resting bitch face that he had the whole time of just not wanting to be there. (laughs) I have never related to a human being more in my life than these Chris right? Pine Chris Pine facial expressions that were coming out on Sunday. Um it does kind of look like Harry Styles spit on him. It's it kind of does. But that seems insane to me. That can't po- possibly be what happened. Like, but Chris Pine does very clearly react to something that he's not happy about. So like the plot thickens. I don't know. I need like a Seinfeld Remember that. I was gonna episode say, are people spit?
2: referencing the Keith Hernandez? No, no, no. Infinite? It literally,
0: like there's video that literally kind of, if you look squint at it, it, looks like he it's when he's walking into his seat and Chris Pine's yeah. there and he literally looks like he spits on his lap. It's really bizarre. And because everybody is so this is what it was. It's like peak internet. Everybody's <laughs> so frothed up by all the like legit drama happening. And all the awkwardness of all these people being around that clearly didn't want to be around each other. That then this happened, and people went apoplectic, like just lost their lost their minds. And if you're <laughs> acting like you're above it, I don't believe you, and I know that you're into it. I, just I mean, like it. I, I, see I honestly you know
2: could it. give an F
0: at this point, but I don't like believe you.
2: I, I like know that it's happening. Like people at work are talking about it. Like you can't not it know was, what's happening. It was
0: delightful. Yeah. Also, I learned from this whole drama that. Nick Kroll's who is Nick Kroll who's in this movie is I, in the movie. Yeah, but I learned his dad is like a billionaire.
2: Yeah, hmm. they're it? from Connecticut, Ooh. I believe. Well, he's hard. like a it's like a security firm. I
0: don't billion. I didn't
1: billionaires a lot.
2: Like I saw
0: the internet told me billionaire John. Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: Next up again for Matt Ricci Paints, This is a serious question. Okay, real question. What is the best and the most overrated breakfast food?
0: Eggs are the best. I mean, by far, like it's all it's eggs.
1: They're pretty upper.
0: Over I go with
1: so- I go with sausage. As the best? Yeah, I like my sausage. I'm
0: I don't sorry. know if <laughs> it's highly rated, but like sausage patty is real gross to me. Like I get oh, sausage no. links. You get a good like diner sausage link. That's delicious. But like a sausage patty, I feel like I mean dog food or something. No, sausage I'm in for patty.
1: Her you got to get it crusty and like kind of a little burn on the outside. So it's a little crispy. No, thank
2: you. Good. Slap that bad boy between some biscuit and some some
1: eggs in there.
0: I don't like, Exactly. this may be, I mean, you also grew up in the Northeast, John, but I don't biscuits, not that I could eat them now, but I was in a time in my life where I could eat biscuits. They didn't do much for me, but I also do not come from the land of biscuits and gravy. So
1: yeah. If you saw, if you're on Slack and you are in the, uh, food chat, uh, sub Slack, you'd see my, uh, biscuits and gravy from this weekend and they were magical.
0: I, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they taste good. There, there is no, like, there is no less visually appealing food than biscuits and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like beige on beige with some pepper.
3: Yeah, I think it's because it's 400 degrees in this room right now, but I think smoothie is my answer. <laughs>
0: That's
3: the <laughs> number But prior. I think it's it's just about how hot it is in here.
0: You're dehydrated. <laughs> That's fair. <prior. laughs> it could just be like and, ice cubes uh, that you put in the
3: mouth. <laughs> <and you just> <laughs> <laughs> like ice chips is the best breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Um You know, I mean. Hear me, the The best smoothie green is bok choy.
0: Wow. Interesting. I don't put any green in my smoothies. I don't need green.
3: This breaks down and you never, it doesn't have any texture when it breaks down.
0: Hmm. I do like, I do like, I've never I do like bok choy. Uh, you know what I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of is smoked salmon. It's like my favorite with some okay. breakfast.
2: Suzanne loves smoked salmon. I'm, it's the She's best without it. Can 100% leave it.
3: Can yeah, And what's the, what was the second part of the question was overrated?
2: Overrated. Yeah. I think all breakfast foods are delicious. They all have their time and place in my mind. That's fair. Yeah, I'm pretty big on breakfast food but
1: in general.
0: I like a good hash too. Like when you're hungover,
1: oh, corned beef hash is amazing.
0: And you just need salt in your body. Like that's the way to go.
3: Oh yeah, there's somebody here that makes like a beaten potato hash that's
0: really good. Mm. Mm. I've, Ooh. Had, I've had like a. Sweet, I'd eat it. I've had a sweet potato hash a couple times, and that's always really good.
3: I feel like there are a lot of. This sounds bad to do on a British movie show. There's some bad scones out there.
0: <laughs> yeah, scones, I feel like are short, some scones are hit or miss. Real
3: dry, yeah. bad yeah. scones out
0: there. That's fair. I mean, it's kind of a dry food to begin with. Like, it's pretty yeah, rare, they're I feel all, like. They're
2: that.
3: usually dry, but dry in the grand scheme. Scones
0: are like, dry. hey, y'all like cake? What if we took all the moisture out of it? What do you think about yeah. it now?
3: <laughs> what if all the moisture left your body? <laughs> 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 All right, next
1: up at Skizbot. Have you ever been creeped out and or freaked out while alone in the woods?
0: Yeah, like all the time. I've never have I ever been alone in the woods. I get real freaked out in large parking lots at night. Um especially if I've just left like a scary movie or something. Like I'll get still. I'm 40, I still I still get freaked out. And I still check the back seat of my car.
2: If you're in the woods at night, you're like our senses are on such high alert for like any movement. Yeah. All it takes is like a fucking squeak and you're like, Mear.
0: I don't think I've ever <laughs> been I've never found myself in the woods alone at night. Why would you do that? I mean it's not like a regular thing. I'm not like fucking you know, but.
1: <laughs> having grown up in the Midwest, I find it uh being alone in the woods rather peaceful, to be honest.
0: I know during the day, sure, like on a trail or something, but not at night. That's insane. If I've ever done that, I was probably drunk and, like, wandered away from a party, in which case I wasn't feeling fear anyway, so.
1: Hey, I led a night hike on a Girl Scout camp out through the woods to a ancient cemetery in the woods, and the only one that chickened out was my own daughter.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> adorable.
3: We have a lot of big redwood woods over here that I go walking in, and... um I'm mostly really not creeped out because you get like little rustles, but sometimes you get a pretty big rustle. Yeah. And then you actually have to worry about mountain lions here. And so yeah. there's...
0: Oh, yeah. Like a bear? Hi. <laughs> <sighs> we get It's um, in the middle of the
3: city, so no bears, but sometimes mountain lions. Where um, I unfair.
0: live, we get koi dogs. Oh. Which are like wild dogs that have mated with like coyotes, I think. Yeah, um, and I so I live this. You did you
2: one hundred percent just made that word up?
0: No, no, it's true. Look it up. I live in the the burbs now, but I, I'm in this weird little valley that's surrounded by mountains, and they're real close. And so, like, I've been walking a lot, and I've been hesitant to walk like early, early morning when it's still dark because I just feel like we're close enough to so much wilderness. Like, yeah, you never know what's roaming yeah. around the streets in the morning.
1: See, I'm from Indiana, or like most dangerous is like a coyote or a fat ass raccoon. <laughs>
0: i feel like there's tons of like skunks as a person who's walked in the mornings on and off for a long time that's one of my biggest fears is running into a, a skunk who's that's
3: the skunk hour for sure yeah, yeah. it's
0: also the bunny hour though oh uh, yeah we have a bunch of bunnies right
1: here all right one last tweet here from our longtime listener at leaky pencils What classic horror movie would be interesting if it was remade by Ari Oster, Alex Garland, Julia DeCourneau, or their ilk?
0: I can't answer these remake questions anymore, you guys. (laughs) I don't have any remake answers. For this
1: particular one, I can see one of those uh, directors doing a cool uh, Bride of Frankenstein.
0: I you wanna, get the weird
1: bits with the with the shrunken humans in jars and stuff. I think they could
0: have fun with that. I want to see Alex Garland remake *Ernest Scared Stupid*. How's that? There like?
3: you go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd let's, watch it. Let's, I, I realize uh, it was
2: already remade, but I like *The Hills Have Eyes*. Maybe like something real fucking. Yeah. Not grindhousey, but you yeah. know on the less classy side of the seventies.
0: Let's, uh, let's yeah. hologram. Let's talk to Lucas Studios. Let's hologram Jim Barney and bring this puppy back. Let's do it. Gritty reboot.
2: Wait, is he, did he pass
0: years ago? Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, wow. we don't have, we don't have to hologram but We just hire John Cena
0: <laughs> as the new Ernest P world. You know what? That's brilliant. Have I you, love it. Have you
1: seen him lately? He's starting <laughs> to morph into Ernest. I love it. Let's do
0: it. <laughs> the guy can act.
1: Yeah, it can. Is that it? That's it.
0: All right, make sure you get a running back, Casey. You don't want to miss out on running backs.
1: Oh, I got like four. (laughs) I'm good.
0: All right, y'all. Um,
1: I drafted a kicker in the first round. I got nothing to worry about.
0: Bold move. Let's see. Strategy. Here's a good one. Worst nightmare airport experience. Ooh.
2: I mean, I've only had one really, really bad, which was, uh, it was in, it was a high school class trip and we were going, you, you're going to laugh. And maybe I've talked about this before, but we were going to Cancun on a high school class trip, um, for Spanish class. Cause that's, you have to go to Cancun to speak Spanish. Um, and we were delayed overnight, but it was one of these things where it was like, they kept delaying it by two hours.
0: Dude, I hate. And this then it was like sucks.
2: 9 PM and they're like, yeah, we're going to, I think we're, it looks like we're going to be delayed again. And they were like, do you want to go home? And I'm like, fuck it. Like, and so we ended up just like sleep, like a handful of us. We were in high school. We just like stayed at the, or at the, um, the Dude, airport overnight. Nothing
0: pisses me off more than when they know their delay is bullshit, but they're still telling you it's like an hour and a half. And they're just waiting to see if it's going to be longer. I'm like, everyone's just staring them down at the gate. They're like, you fucking know what's going to happen. Just tell us." <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, in the, especially in the last couple of years, there's, I'm sure there are much worse stories than this, but I got, last year I got stranded in uh, Charleston overnight, which sucked, like it was exactly what we were talking about, like delay after delay, and then it was like, uh, it was one of those days where American just had to go, go like, I think like everything's canceled, like every <laughs> fucking flight leaving American from that airport that I was at got canceled. Um, and I had to go get a hotel, pay all this money. and missed a whole day of my trip, like really pissed me off.
2: They, they, they didn't put you up in a hotel.
0: No, no. See
2: now it's like getting, I think it's getting to the point where like, they kind of are having to like, you know, do something when they're
0: screwing stuff. so many people over there. Like I'm, I i do not even know if they can like afford it, but also yeah. I, I didn't even fly, I've never flown American. I didn't even finish that trip on American. I, cause they were offering to get me on a flight the next day. I got a text. So now a lot of it, Mm -hmm. this is a blessing and a curse. But like, if you use the app now in these places, you get canceled. You don't even necessarily have to talk to a person. They'll just send you a link and be like, we can get you on this flight. But I saw it and it was like one o'clock the next day or something. And I was just like, "Yeah, what I like, I was just so pissed off at American Airlines. I went and booked a new flight from Charleston to my destination on Delta. I've never flown American again. And I continued the rest of my trip on Delta. I got I got the rest of my money back from American Airlines. That flight that they were trying to put me on fully got canceled the next day and never took off the next day. So I would have been stranded oh. for a whole other day. So I was like, oh, pretty much nice. yeah. one, And one time coming back from a convention with you guys, I got stranded in the Philadelphia airport. I missed, it was my connection. And I like, I'm the plane was there, but I'm they wouldn't let me on. Like it wasn't moving, it wasn't pulling away, <laughs> they wouldn't let me on. I got stranded in the Philadelphia airport for nine hours. And the gate that I was sitting at was like some crazy haunted corner. That that airport is huge. Like I won't fly. I won't go through there again. So yeah, the prettiest big. airports I've ever seen. And I was just in like literally, it felt like um a Twilight Zone episode where I exited some like realm and was in like a haunted hangar that no one knew about with like dead people. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse. Anyone else?
3: Yeah, I think I've been really lucky because our airport is the Southwest hub, and there's another one in half an hour. Like, Southwest is just like, there's so many flights.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. It's you know not what the I,
3: best. It's a cattle call, but there's another one. You know what I miss when, I lived, when I lived
0: in Boston? We had JetBlue, and that was the yeah. best. Like, everyone needs JetBlue. Stop fucking around.
1: Yeah. Indy's a Southwest hub too. So that's usually my go-to works pretty well. So
0: from, from New York, most places you're probably going through Atlanta, which is fine because Atlanta's it's huge, but it's very efficient. They have the underground tram. So you get off your flight, you go straight downstairs, you're at your gate in like five minutes. It's like, it's an an unbelievably well-designed airport, but they always try to route you through Detroit, which like I've never been to the Detroit airport, but that I don't think I want to go there. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> the one john flew me out from in uh, jersey uh, after the bgh uh, meeting in new york city a few years ago is pretty rough
0: in newark yeah oh yeah I mean, that's another that's another eastern hub is newark
1: yeah. well it's old too so that um, was the biggest thing but
0: is there such a thing as an over elevated horror movie I mean, that's what I call the farthouse. That's what we're talking about here.
2: You know what movie I was thinking about the other day? You remember that movie, Rubber? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Fair. I don't know that that was elevated necessarily, but... It was real It sure movie. wanted to be. Whatever, whatever it was doing, it's not working.
0: <laughs> Here's a good one. Have oh.
3: any of you seen Hagazooza?
0: I've heard of it. I haven't. Yeah. That's an old I... movie, right?
3: It's a few years old, like bring your patience. Mm. I, I like, I'm pretty sure it's somebody's dissertation. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I it's, got uh,
3: If you wanna, Rachel, like, was irate at the front. It's <laughs> like a whole episode of <laughs> I mean, I got, I'm not
0: lying, I was gonna say that. Like, I got those vibes from this movie, like college. <laughs> like, I'm such an artist, you guys. Uh, who is the worst man in history? Columbus must be up there, right?
2: I mean Columbus a lot not great. Pretty bad, but
0: my answer was I think he's still alive, and that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, it can't oh! be for that much longer, right?
2: <laughs> I'm not weighing in on this.
3: Yeah, there's it's
2: too many. It's too many.
3: Wanna make like a Mr. Potato Head of all the history? <laughs> so
0: a Voltron of all the worst men in history.
3: Yeah.
2: Um yeah, it has to have another man come out of its perennium, though.
3: That's <laughs> the challenge. And then it's well, back. First, it has to go all the way up the body. Right. Come
0: out yeah. yeah. That was at some point I'm like, okay, they're coming out of different places now? Like, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this- now I'm
3: like, are we at chakras? Like, what's happening? <laughs>
0: oh, like, that's interesting. <laughs> Here's a good one. Um, unpopular opinions on anything.
1: Oh, I don't
2: know. Um, I mean, everyone knows that I I think social media is like a cancer on society, right?
0: I don't th- that's, that's Johnny. Like well e, but he, John, even people who use social media feel the same way. We just can't stop. Oh. I right. feel the same way and I use it every day.
1: That's That's
0: scarier. Um,
1: does I think Kanye's a dipshit and he, somebody needs to get him mental help? No, I don't
0: think that's a hot take these days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's
3: an accurate clinical assessment. Um, yeah.
0: Mine was that like I understand va- taking a vacation. I don't understand going on a vacation. Like I don't understand going on a trip to a place and like staying in a hotel. <laughs> it's like I the last thing I want to do on earth.
1: I been, used to be that way, but I've changed over the last two years. I've been having fun.
0: I feel like Matilda might understand this as my fellow inside person. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's too unpredictable out there. I don't want to.
0: Oh my god, I I have never related to anyone more. Thank you so much.
3: <laughs> <laughs> because people are like excited for you. I don't like having contact with a series of people who are excited for me when I'm just like tired and cranky. <laughs> yes. <in the> <laughs> yes. <at this> <laughs> You must be so congrat. What are you doing in town? I'm like you don't care.
1: Are you two oh secretly God. related? All right,
0: we're gonna start our own <laughs> podcast now. This <laughs> is us complaining about social obligations. <laughs> I love it. Oh man, who had scarier teeth, Jeffrey or Austin Powers? I mean, they're real similar. <laughs> like, it's, there's so many British teeth in this movie. Um.
3: Jeffrey was kind of like licking the teeth a little bit Uh in the way that I found. Oh yeah.
2: Uh Big
0: time. And I felt like some of the characters had different teeth, which led me to believe that maybe the Jeffrey teeth were like not his own. Like, I don't even know. Um, Well, they were all fake.
2: I mean, presumably.
0: Well, maybe I don't, well, maybe I don't know. Maybe Uh, I don't have an answer to this, but maybe someone else does. what is your most entertaining slash annoying mansplaining event?
3: I mean, most isn't either. that
2: really for Matilda? Like, well, I, I mean, can, I guess <laughs> someone, I, I, it could have been something I did. I don't know.
3: No, it was the most irritating slash.
2: Annoying mansplaining.
3: An incident like, where can, something
0: was mansplained to you.
2: I guess like, can a man mansplain to another man? Does that,
0: I guess it can happen. Yeah,
3: like, I think so. Like in I the feel present. Like my answer is Aaron Sorkin.
0: Oh, wow. interesting. Just every Aaron Sorkin script. <laughs> Just
3: generally. Like I feel like the news the newsroom is my answer. That's, I mean,
0: the newsroom is like so preachy.
1: I actually had a case of somebody mansplaining to me the other day through work and it uh I found it quite aggravating. I had to go right to my wife in the other room for a minute to calm down.
0: <laughs> you know what I always tell people about the newsroom as somebody who's worked in the news business for like 17 years? It's not authentic because everybody has new computers and everything's clean. <laughs> 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 they don't give people money for new computers in the news. That's not how it works. Um, last question, a fun one. What's your best food slash beverage for the spooky season?
2: I like a mold wine. Mm, I good. mean, like, I don't drink them often, but when I have them, I'm like, oh, this is nice. Should do this more often.
0: I will. I mean, obviously I have my own kind of stuff I eat, but I will begin. I feel like it's when I start, because I do a lot of baking on my own and stuff, like healthy stuff. But I'll start. That's where the nutmeg comes out once we hit September. That's really yeah. all you need. Like, here's the secret. You don't really need all the pumpkin spices. You need some cinnamon and some nutmeg. That's like, that's where the... The all stars, I feel like, of the flavor, but I just made some like pumpkin bars the other day. they were really good.
3: Mm. Yeah, this is the time of the year the cardamom comes out for me. So my answer to this is like weirdly like a mold herbal tea with uh,
0: hibiscus flowers. So oh. like
3: ginger and cardamom and all the mold tea or mold wine things, but just in tea. So I was thinking like
0: chai. I was thinking chai. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a fall vibe for me. What about you, John?
2: Well, I said mold wine.
0: Oh, mold wine, Casey. Yeah,
1: Khalid makes a uh, chicken leek pie, which is basically a giant pot pie that's filled with uh, chicken and uh, leeks, which is a uh, part of the onion family. It's just really savory, and it's something that always sticks to my ribs. Makes me think of fall. It's sounds, delicious, and I love it.
0: That sounds delicious. I Love it. That's gonna do it for men. Men are done. They're done forever, John. Mm. glory be twilight of the men i don't know did we great while last um i don't know what we're doing next week but we'll be here it's spooky season we i mean we might have some theatrical stuff coming up right there's got to be something
2: there's nothing well wow. there might be at there's some time we still haven't done
1: bodies 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 we gotta get to bodies. we gotta yeah. get to the bodies
0: well, we need it to be, like, out somewhere. We can watch it.
1: Yeah, we need to be able to rent bodies.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Love it. Uh, Matilda, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to check out Matilda on the Zombie Girls, G-R-R-L-Z, in your podcasting platform of choice. Um, And that's going to do it for Bloody Good Horror. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll talk to you soon. See you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.